When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Hey everybody, welcome back Civilized Barking. It's been a long vacation. It's been a long spring. If you're listening, you've lived through a lot of long brown seasons. But you're ready for another one. We have a scheduled release. It is Friday morning. Um, not long after I'm done with this, I'm headed to Berea for rookie minicamp. Um, the off-season program has been in full swing for just about a month. There's actually a little less than a month left because the Browns are cutting the, the uh, week off, um, getting ready. So, you know, there's a lot going on. Um, this is an important time. Um, this is an important season. You know, we all know that. We we know what's at stake, and we know the Browns, uh, what they've done over the past 14 months. Um Deshaun Watson, good is not going to be good enough. Better is not going to be good enough. He has to be great. A lot of faith in Jim Schwartz and Bubba Ventrone, too, you know, and Dalvin Tomlinson, obviously, and again in Miles Garrett. But um, the Browns are, you know, two years ago, Baker Mayfield was the scapegoat. And after another losing year, um, Joe Woods was the scapegoat. So um, the core of the team is in place. They had an aggressive offseason, more aggressive than I anticipated, more aggressive than they anticipated. I guess by uh, a, a lot of measures, um, their track record of free agency is awful. Um, they had a draft where they added seven guys. They started with a wide receiver, which was a little bit surprising to me. You know, in retrospect, I, I'm not sure I should have been surprised, but, you know, they went and got Elijah Moore. They went and got Marquise Goodwin. They went and got Cedric Tillman. They told you what they thought of last year's receiving core. They're telling you what they need to be. Um, and that's a bigger, better, more dynamic offense. So, um, Deshaun has to create. Deshaun has to be better in every area, specifically pocket presence. He and Kevin have to get on the same page with what they think works, what they think can work, what they want to do to open things up without forgetting that they have Nick Chubb, that they have an offensive line in which they're heavily invested and more so now with the the fifth-year option on Jedrick Wills. And um, the Browns want to be a physical team, and they want to be really good at their base offense, which under Stefanski they've been for a lot of the time. And then, you know, with Elijah Moore – being able to line up in different places uh, with Amari Cooper healthy after he wasn't in the back half of last year. Um, And with Deshaun, with time to know he's the leader and know he's going to be here and work with these guys and his coaches uh, to kind of take off and be the offense that can score 24 and 28. So, again, um, it's mid-May. And and so I I really think, like, look, this team needs to play. If if you are optimistic about the Browns and think that Deshaun and Schwartz are going to be – really good and think that this team, you know, is ready to play with this potential, with this core that it's committed to and, and over committed to in some cases, doubled down upon, I guess is probably better than, than you might be right. Um, if you're a little skeptical and you think this thing is combustible and you think that even if they are better, it might not be good enough in the AFC and the AFC North, you might be right. We're not going to find that out till September. So I'm not saying any of this matters because I do think the six OTA practices, the mini camp, 
the conclusion of this offseason with Deshaun, Kevin, Elijah Moore, again, as I mentioned, Peoples-Jones, Tillman, can David Bell be on this team? You know, um, all of that is going to matter because you saw the schedule and whoo, three of the four against the division. Way too early bye weekend than the Niners, who might win the Super Bowl, right? Who's going to be their quarterback? I don't know. Can the Browns win these games? Do they have to win these games? Yes. After five games, the Browns have to have a winning record. Last year, they dug themselves a hole they couldn't get out of. So maybe we'll save some schedule talk for the end. Uh, I'm calling my shot. The Browns will be 1-0. It's a great – week one is a great time to play the Bengals. Lou Anarumo is a brilliant defensive coordinator, maybe the best in the game. He hasn't seen a lot of this Browns offense. The Browns are at home. The Browns should feel more urgent. Um, the Bengals are remaking their offensive line again. And I think they've had a problem early in seasons with, you know, trying to figure things out on their offense, uh, which, which is fine. A lot, of, a lot of teams do. But I think eventually they find their groove when they just snap the ball to Joe and let him throw where he wants to. Uh, I think the Browns win in week one. I'm calling my shot. So we'll see um, how that goes. But like I said, as far as other business, you know, there's the D-line the D is not done. Um, the linebacker core is not very good, but in the Schwartz defense, they're saying that it doesn't need to be. They, they believe Anthony Walker is a big piece for teaching, for getting guys lined up, for helping guys learn the new scheme. Uh, they think a healthy JOK can be an impactful player. We've all seen that, right? He just needs to be healthy. He just needs to take that next step in his game. Uh, Kenny Moore, the, or not Kenny Moore, excuse me. <laughs> Kenny Moore is another Colts safety. Rodney McLeod. Uh, really good signing by the Browns. He's played for Schwartz. He becomes the backup at both safety spots. He's 32. Um, he, you know, I think this team, by already the personnel that they had, they're going to be a lot more three corners than three safeties. But he comes in again. What is this team? What is the theme here other than Deshaun and, and Jim Schwartz? It's building an actual team. It's why they're going on all these field trips, guys. It's why Stefanski has to treat this team like children and take them to the Greenbrier for a week. Because he doesn't trust that there's attention span for a full training camp in Berea. And he's probably right about that. But they're taking a field trip to Greenbrier for seven or eight days or taking a field trip to Philly for five days. They're probably going to spend a week in December in L.A. We'll see, um, you know, after the schedule came out. But he's saying we, we, we want to build a team. We haven't done a good enough job of that. And, and he's right. And part of that is the quarterback. You had the Baker Mayfield locker room divide. You had not knowing who your quarterback was going to be last year. Then you had the most popular player on the team get benched in week 11 to bring in Deshaun, who was awful, right? So the Browns have signed up for all of this, um, and Deshaun just, just has to play super well, and he has to be good, and then everybody will celebrate, and it'll be great. Um, and if he doesn't, then everybody gets fired this year. So, um, yeah, that's your 2020 report. So anyway, uh, like I said, we've – you know, we Jason and I have done a couple of live rooms from, from the owners' meetings um, – we talked at the conclusion of the draft. Again, a solid offseason. No no complaints. I mean, I don't think it was, was never going to be the franchise-altering offseason. I don't believe that, you know, um, all of these guys will work. History says half of them will work at most. But you needed a big defensive tackle. They got Dalvin Tomlinson for a lot of money. They drafted Siaki Ika, right? Uh, you needed to get faster in the wide receiver group. And they did that. They thought that bringing back Dobbs and Walker helps the whole team building thing. So we'll see. It makes sense. I mean, Juan Thornhill, good player. Um, it seems to be good leader, super athletic dude. He's got to be John, better than John Johnson, who they still owed a lot of money to, guaranteed. Um, we'll see. The thing about defense, take the ball away, give yourself a chance. You win a lot more games. The Browns not only were awful against the run last year in that league to other areas, but they just didn't take the ball away. 
And they're supposed to. They pay Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward what they pay him to take the ball away. They need to do that, and they need to capitalize. So I got some asking Jackson questions here, um, and then I'll give some thoughts on the schedule. Again, this is going to be a short version. This is what it is. We're not going to do a rookie minicamp report, guys, because if it's a good rookie minicamp, nothing happens. It's totally introduction, with the exception of Tillman and Eakin. A lot of these players had never even been in the building until they showed up on Thursday. They meet people for the first time. They do a whole bunch of paperwork and stuff like that. They get out there. The practices over three days don't even total three hours. Uh, strictly 101 orientation. Position coaches get to know them, get them familiar with their surroundings, with the terminology, then get them in the program and, and get them ready. So uh, a lot of wide eyes. Uh, I'm anxious to see Dewan Jones in person. I, I, I did go to an Ohio State game last year. I was at the Senior Bowl the one day he participated. But still want to see him. Want to see Cedric Tillman in the uniform. You know, want to see Isaiah McGuire, who, who I've never seen. Um, 6'4", 268, you know, and you get that guy at number 127, I feel like that can be a good pick, right? Premium position, SEC player, team captain. Um, feel like that that's a guy that can help the Browns earlier than a lot of these draft picks are potentially going to help the Browns, and we'll see. So to the questions, question from Josh, you've been very forward about how flawed AB has been in the draft, specifically the middle rounds. You've also noted how ABC's March was always going to be more important than April. Does any other successful organization view it the same way, or is it a fatal flaw? Great question, Josh. Um, you know, ultimately, you do judge the other organizations. And in your own division, you have two of the best, and then you have Joe Burrow and a team that's been in the AFC uh, championship game for two years. You know, two of the best over 20 years, right? At drafting, at building an identity, at keeping coaches, at building on that continuity, at winning close games, at overachieving, which which the Browns clearly have not done, right? Um, but this is a unique situation, right? The Browns said they were good enough to take on this Deshaun Watson thing and all that came with it, and they regressed. And, and the record has regressed, and the on-field product has regressed. There's no running from that. Now, can you make – very valid excuses and point to potential fixes and say, yes, I see this coming. Yes, we've we've been over all of that. So, you know, is there a fatal flaw in the building and in the recognition? There might be. Um, if you don't draft well and if you can't get something out of guys that you're drafting in the top 100, top, top 120 picks, it's going to hurt you in the short term. It's really going to hurt you in the long term. You know, if Jedrick Wills and Grant Delpit turn out to be just okay, then that's going to be a big, big, uh, detriment to these Browns. You know, Donovan Peoples-Jones right now has a case as Andrew Barry's draft pick, best draft pick. Been a really good player, been a productive player, had a breakout year last year. The Browns have kind of replaced him. He's a year ahead of his contract. Uh, the Browns would love for him to have a big year, and, and obviously he would too and cash in, whether it's here or somewhere else. Is that going to happen? Is he anything more than a contested catch guy? You know, I don't know. Are they ever going to get anything out of, like, Jacob Phillips? right out of Anthony Schwartz, he's probably not going to be on the team. You know, in free agency, the last two years, they have had to cut their top free agent from two years prior with fully guaranteed money on his contract. You know, they're still paying John Johnson next year. They're still paying Jadavian Clowney next year. This is flawed building, guys. And every team has bad evaluations and every team takes money on and they're pushing money forward because the cap goes up, Right. But next year, Conklin makes 12, and Teller makes 18, and Chubb makes 16, and Njoku makes 18, and Cooper makes 23 or 11 to not play for you. And Deshaun Watson makes $63 million on your, on your cap next year. So you better win with this team. It's a whole hell of a lot easier to get rid of the coaches and the, player, or in the, in the decision makers than it is the players when they're locked in. And guess who has the power? It's not Jimmy Haslam. 
It is, but it's not. It's certainly not Kevin Stefanski or Andrew Barry or Paul De Podesta. It's Deshaun Watson because he's not going anywhere. We'll see. Maybe maybe they're not. I don't know. Um, they have a good year. They get in the playoffs. All of this is validated. They don't. It all gets blown up again. I mean, they're a fourth-place team. So, we'll see. Uh, question, similar question from Chad. You've consistently said the plan last year was always for this year. Should we feel good about that or scared to death because winning organizations have the standard of winning every year? Well, Chad, this, is, this organization's had one winning season since 2007, so the standard is a little different. You know, again, can you easily make the case that this has more talent than a fourth-place team? Yes. Can you easily make the case that the Browns are positioned if things go their way, if they get good quarterback play to do it? You know, not only did you go 30 years without a quarterback, but you look around and you see Pat Mahomes and you see Burrow and Jamar Chase in your own division, I probably would have made a desperate quarterback trade too. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not running from that. So the standard and the evaluation are different, but you have to win. You have to do it. You have to find a way to win more than you lose early, build some momentum, you know, find what works with your offense. Did you really fix the run defense? And then later when you have these wild road trips and it's completely unpredictable, there's no metric, guys, in April or May for strength of schedule. There's no way to measure it because you don't know who's going to be playing. You know, teams that had glaring weaknesses, they the people that run those teams get paid to try to fix them. They all draft, and right now, a week, two weeks after, everybody loves their draft. Right now, two months after, everybody loves their free agent class, right? We'll see how that goes. So just got to try to find a way to win. Um, I, I'm, I'm not going to dwell on the Browns only getting two primetime games for a couple of reasons. One, you can play your way into them, into more. We know that, and, and they did that in 2020. And two, like the two they got are big. Pittsburgh Monday night early in the year, part of the Monday night doubleheader. And then week 17, the Jets, Thursday night, the last Thursday night game of the year. Feels like a game where it could be the winner stays alive in the playoff race. I mean, what more can you ask for, right? And then, of course, all you'd want is that week 18. So what's the standard, Chad? The standard is winning, and you're chasing really good teams. It feels like the Browns are – it feels like the AFC is the SEC, and the Browns are in a really – in the much tougher division, right? So they got to be good, but they're supposed to be. And, and they've paid this roster and pushed money forward like they're supposed to be. They said we're, we're good enough to not have first-round picks for three years. They've said for two years we're good enough to not have second-round picks. They think Elijah Moore is really going to help. They think Amari Cooper, and I think this too, if he's healthy, will still be a really good receiver. You didn't get to see much of him with Watson. So let's just see how it goes. Um, question from Dave. Based on the draft and free agency, is it more likely Teller gets moved? No, nobody's trading for a guard that makes that much money. So we'll see how that all shakes out because um, his guarantees are coming due. Joel, This is Joel Batonio's age 31 season coming up. Um, but, you know, they're they're committed to this offensive line. They're all signed for at least two more years. So um, we will see. Question from Eric. Who has the best chance of being a cap casualty after this year other than Nick Chubb? Well, Njoku's guarantees are almost paid. Um, Cooper's are not. Amari Cooper, the next two years, is a $23 million cap number. There's already dead money in the years behind that. And like I said, if they did move on from him after this year, it would be $11 million in dead money, which is like the equivalent of, of three pretty good players. So you don't want that, right? Um, that That's a good question. I, I, I do think that we might be talking about trading Greg Newsom <laughs> a year from now. We will see uh, – how all that goes, but it's a fair question. And with Nick Chubb, you know, he's a really good player. He's the second best running back this organization has ever had. And, and number one is, is the best to ever do it. Right. So um, as he gets older, you know, 
you're either going to have to move on from him or you're going to have to redo that contract because you just you have too many guys to pay in too many areas. We'll see. We'll see. If Nick Chubb is healthy and the Browns use him the right way, he can have a big year and he can have a big part of be a big part of you winning 10, 11 games, right? And and that's that and Deshaun can still play great. So um if he's not, then you know, we know what's coming. So looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Question from Cole. Do you think Siaki Ika starts week one? Um, I don't, but I do think he's going to play right away. Um, ideally, you have four defensive tackles to play. You have four defensive ends that play. You rotate those guys, obviously. Um, you mix and match those guys. So is there a thought that Ika and Tomlinson will play together? And then obviously, you know, that's 325 on one side and 340-ish, 350-ish on the other side, and that's way bigger than last year, yes. Um, you know, does he need to learn the game? You still have Jordan Elliott. They brought in Hurst, you know, hoping he can stay healthy. They haven't cut Perry on Winfrey. Um, because they think he's talented, and, and I think he is too. Hopefully he grows up. I'm not rooting against him. I just He's done nothing to show that he's an NFL player or helping the Browns win, and the Browns are sticking with him, so that tells me he must be good. And the other question from Cole, is a veteran backup running back needed? Um, I'm going to guess yes, but they're going to try Demetric Felton through the spring. They're going to try the undrafted kids, let them play. And, and, and they trust in Jerome Ford, and I think Jerome Ford has a lot of ability. He hasn't done it. Backup running back, veteran especially, is a really easy one to pull later for a specific role. So I think they're doing the right thing. And like they've had John Kelly in this program for three years. They think if he, they think he can fill the dearness role to a lesser extent if needed. So we'll see. Um, again, I'm not going to get too much into the undrafted rookies, guys. It's supposed to be hard for the drafted rookies to make this team, right? And and so you know, one of them max will make it. Um, some of them will play. One of them, Max, will make it in September is what I mean. Try to develop guys. And there's chances here. So, you know, there, there's go, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the backup offensive line. Where does the James Hudson experiment go? You know, where does the Jacob Phillips experiment go? De'Anthony Bell, who was the first undrafted to make it week one last year, does he stick around and earn a role? They would love – they need backup safeties, you know, so – We'll see how that goes. Uh, question from Easy: Which position battle intrigues you most going into training camp? I, I want to see how receiver shakes out, right? Amar is your obvious number one. Um, Moore is your slot, but he can play kind of everywhere. He's quick enough to be the gadget guy, but he can also get loose on the outside. Um, so you move him and Amari around. You, you create those opportunities. You know, you kind of script some touches for Elijah, but then you let him be a true wide receiver. 
you trust Donovan to, to produce, and you bring, bring along Tillman, right? Um, you throw it deep to Marquise Goodwin. We see how these guys go. So, like, I mean, Dalen Baldwin last year came in and, and helped move the chains. You know, David Bell's supposed to be that. They're not going to have Michael Woods this year. I, I don't know that Jakeem Grant's going to be around, but if he's healthy and he's good in the return game, he'll get every chance to be. So it will be interesting um, there. And, and then, you know, you can count, kind of count the tight end group in there. You know when Njoku's going to be. And I think they have a good feel for um, some of the unique things he can do in terms of turning the, the little screens and dumps in, into big plays, which a lot of guys can't do. But they bring in um, Jordan Akins, the big tight end from, from Houston. And he is a big target. He has history with Watson. Um, can catch the ball. And so he could be a part of that. You know, you can almost make Najoku a wide receiver or more of that utility player. There's a lot of options. And I think the thing with Cedric Tillman, he is 23. He he is big school. He is polished. Um, a little like Donovan, who just was asked to be ready as a rookie and then was, right, when they needed him in Cincinnati and in a couple other games down the road, even though he really wasn't getting reps. But there's nuance to learning that true X receiver role, being a blocker. Um, building chemistry with that quarterback in terms of where you want the ball for these red zone, for these third down throws to fit. They wanted a big target for when Deshaun is scrambling. So they go and get Jordan Akins for that. They have David Njoku for that. They have Donovan Peoples-Jones for one more year for that, and they want Tillman to kind of be that too. They want on that scramble, they want him to be able to draw the defense and dump it back to Njoku, and Njoku punishes guys who are smaller than him. They want Elijah Moore to slide off that read and take off and Deshaun chuck it. Uh, they just want to attack defenses from different ways. And we know the Stefanski offense, when it works, is really good with a misdirection, with the play action, with scheming some guys open. And so I think that's what it'll be early. And then there'll be, you know, that mix of not, not just trick plays, right, because everybody has those. And sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. If you're relying on them, you're screwed. But, like, Elijah Moore running – Jet motion and jet sweeps. You know, Amari Cooper being the guy that Deshaun trusts the most on third down, but now you've moved him inside. Now you've created a favorable matchup. Now you're getting the reads. All of these things you really couldn't get to last year, right? And and so it, it is intriguing as hell. This, this offense could be really good. You know, Jerome Ford is a third down back, change of pace back. Nick Chubb is the hammer. And all of these playmakers in the receiving game, none of them a dynamic number one, none of them in Jamar Chase's galaxy, Right? That's fine. A lot of guys that can do things. Amari still has a lot of good football left in him if he's healthy. He's just such a good football player. Just no BS. I mean, sometimes I would love to sit down with Amari Cooper and say, what do you think about this organization and the shit that you see every single day, right? But Amari doesn't put that out there. You just He just shows up and does his work. So they're going to have to manage him through. He's 29 years old. That's fine. But I think he could be sitting on a big year. So, again, other schedule thoughts. Look, um, the reality is there's like 14 biggest games, right? You have to win a division road game if you're going to be a playoff team. You have to win almost all your home games. It doesn't mean all of them. Uh, but crazy start playing all the division teams, playing for, for your first five at home. Hasn't happened for a Browns team since 1973. And then later in the year when you don't know, or you can be playing against rookie quarterbacks, your guys' quarterback's going to be hurt, how healthy are you going to be? You know, just navigating the week to week with that October, early October bye week, staying healthy. And then if you get to December and you're in it, you get Jacksonville at home, which if you're going to play Jacksonville, you'd like to play them in Cleveland in December. You play the Bears, the Texans. It's not the backloaded division schedule that it's been. 
so you can rack up some wins, make the other teams chase you, right? Um, we'll see. We'll see that that big stretch, week 10 at home, Baltimore, or week 10 at Baltimore, which the Browns have only won twice in 15 years. Week 11, Pittsburgh at home, a game you have to win by all rights. And then you go to Denver, who is going to be better. Are they going to be a lot better? I don't know. You know, is it, are they going to be like a, a fringe playoff contender chasing down the Chiefs and the Chargers? Is, is Sean Payton going to get a little more out of Russ Wilson or a lot more out of Russ Wilson? We'll see. But, man, there's no breathers in the AFC. This ain't going to be easy. I see the Browns as a fourth-place team. But I see the line between the Browns winning seven games and ten games as very thin. And I see enough talent that if they win ten, win eleven, and get in the playoffs, I won't be surprised. A lot on the D coordinator, a lot on the quarterback. You can only say it so many times. Bring on September, but stick with us in the meantime. I'm headed to rookie camp. Talk to you guys later.